You know, I'm just going to start because I've been avoiding it. I have been procrastinating. It's been 12 days since the last episode of the podcast was put out. I don't even know what day of the week the podcast comes out anymore. (laughs) It used to be Mondays. Then I think it was on uh, Wednesday for a little bit. It's Wednesday today, if you're listening to this. Um, Wednesday, March 27th. The year of our Lord, 2019. Um, I'm coming to you from my luxurious studio apartment. Um, it actually is nice, you know, and it's very spacious. So actually, probably um, another person could live in here easily with me. But do I want that? No. Am I uh, what you would call a friendly roommate? No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not a cheerful person uh, to live with. I've actually had, uh, I've had problems living with roommates in the past. (laughs) I just don't want anyone to speak to me. It's as simple as that. I don't care how your day went. I mean, if something bad happened, yeah, you can, you can talk to me about it if we're friends. But generally, I don't want to tell you how my day was. I don't want to make small talk. Um, I think the worst roommate situation I ever had was thankfully for a short period of time when I was studying abroad in Madrid, Spain. Look, I, I, folks, I'm, I'm sorry that this keeps coming up. I don't want to brag that I am a worldly woman, but I am, I have been to Europe and yes, I did study abroad in Madrid. Okay. Uh, I can't help it that I was born into such privilege, but I was. Um, <laughs> okay, so my roommate, I forget what the hell her name was, but she did not go to NYU. And NYU has a satellite campus in Madrid uh, where the program is for study abroad. But they also allow students from other colleges to attend it. And my roommate I think her name was Evelyn. I don't, I say Evelyn because she was so unpleasant. And Evelyn is a name that reminds me of, well, there's that unpleasant Evelyn from 90 Day Fiance who was just like a nightmare person. So I guess it reminds me of her. But maybe her name was Evelyn. I hope it wasn't so she doesn't sue me. Hold on a second. Anyway, she was an annoying nightmare person. And she like, <laughs> I don't know, she like insisted on buying a, a, a French press to make coffee. And I remember it broke one day and I was secretly glad that it did. <laughs> she was just awful. I don't even know how to describe her. You know when somebody is just like so, 
I don't know. She was just so like mean faced and like she was mean on the inside also. Like you could just tell like she was just like she had nothing to say. She had no sense of humor. Um, I, I don't know. Her personality was a piece of toast. Do I sound mean? I don't care. Look, she wasn't anybody I wanted to be friends with. So I made friends with other people in the program. And this is a time in my life where I was struggling. I don't, I, (laughs) why do I say that? I feel like I've been struggling like in every time of my life. (laughs) Um, I was really homesick though when I was in Madrid and I, I missed my boyfriend. I had a boyfriend at the time. I know folks, it's hard to believe, but men have dated me. Um, yeah, his name was Brandon. He was a uh, library security guard. <laughs> but he was in, uh, you know, the old uh, United States when I was in Madrid. And I was just really homesick. I was I was like so depressed and crying all the time. And then by the last two weeks I was there, I like didn't want to go home. <laughs> like it took me that long to acclimate to it. I'm so like... You know, outwardly, I'm very uh, friendly and cheerful and, you know, I'll talk to anyone pretty much in a social situation. But on the inside, generally, like if I'm not used to an environment or familiar with the people around me, I'm like dying on the inside. I'm like so devastated. I'm so sensitive too. I'm so fucking sensitive. And and when people don't understand that, I'm like, what the fuck is the matter with you? I feel so misunderstood. And I've talked to um, a friend of the podcast, Lisa Schnew, about this. And she said something about the placement of my uh, natal chart, the placement of the planets in my chart. Something about they're too close together or... God damn it. I'm going to have to look through our text to figure it out. But she said there's something in my chart that explains why I've always felt like totally misunderstood by people. Because this is true. I have always felt completely misunderstood in almost every stage of my life. And it's kind of tiresome and it's crazy making and it makes me feel really lonely a lot of the time. Um, because Lisa even told me, like, she's like, you know, I don't think people, um, I don't think you show people how smart you really are or how generous you really are. And I guess that's kind of true because in a way, I guess it's kind of a defense mechanism because I don't want people to really see, uh, the true side of myself because in some way I fear, I have a lot of like fear of abandonment, fear of, Um, I don't know. I feel like I've been hurt so much in my life that I just like shield myself, um, from a lot of people and things. So folks, listen, I'm very complicated. There's a fly like flying around my head. I I didn't have flies in here until I got more fucking house plants. And now there's, there, there's flies in here. They just like regenerate. It's crazy. Anyway, um, what was I saying? Oh, yes, I contain multitudes. Uh, a little, uh, what if I change my name to Heather Whitman? Would that be stupid? Um, would people mistake me as being white even more than they do now? Probably. Um, <laughs> 
Yeah. I, I wanted to give you guys a uh, mental health update. Um, you know, we need to talk about our mental health more in this country. And you know what? I'm taking it upon myself to talk about my mental health. Uh, recently, it's been tenuous. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, mentally lately, I have felt extremely on edge and as though I could fall apart at any second. And I've never had a full on mental breakdown ever. Um, but I do suffer from depression, as I've talked about. And depression is interesting because, well, it's all I've ever known. Okay. And <laughs> that sounds so stupid. It's all I've ever known. And I mean, I remember, you know, having depressive episodes. I didn't know that's what was happening, you know, since childhood. I mean, I remember just having like deep, dark thoughts, probably from the age of like seven or eight onwards. Um, and I think some of the stuff that sort of triggered it coming out was, you know, I mean, I had a, a bad home life. My parents were always fighting and yelling. There was so much yelling in my house, you know, yelling, 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 fighting, fighting, fighting. That's all I ever heard and all I was exposed to, really. Um, and then in school, I got made fun of a lot. I'm not even talking about like getting teased a little bit. You know, I'm talking about like people, you know, they'd call me names. There was like systematic teasing, you know, like, um, I felt uncomfortable with almost every kid in school. I, I don't, e I don't even know. Like sometimes there were teachers who made fun of me. It was wild. Like, so basically I had no adults, uh, who I felt were safe or supportive. You know, I couldn't speak to my parents. I didn't have teachers who I felt uh, were protecting me. I felt very alone in the world from a very young age. Um, I don't know who this is for. I mean, is there if is there a seven or eight year old listening to my podcast? Then maybe this is for them. But anywho, depression is hard to explain, I guess, for people who don't have it. I mean, to me, it's shocking to think that there are people who are just like in a good mood, like all the time. That sounds wild to me. I've never heard of that. Um, somebody, okay. Can somebody who doesn't have depression write into the podcast and tell me what it feels like to be not like this? Um, <laughs> because I get into these like um, so my depressive episodes, I guess, are kind of, well, I mean, they're cyclical. I'm not depressed every day of my life, you know, um, but there have been times where I've been depressed probably every day for like two years. And so the diagnosis I have is major depressive disorder. Hold on, taking a sip of water. And I, and I bet you, you may be asking, Heather, are you comfortable talking about this in such a public setting? Guess what? It's 2019 and I could give a fuck. Okay. Who was going to listen to this? Um, an open micer in LA? Yeah, probably. It, my mom, maybe, uh, other members of my family, perhaps. I really don't know who listens to the podcast. Nobody writes in. I'm starting to think that people just hate listen to the podcast. I have no idea. It gets consistent downloads. I have thousands of downloads. But who are you listening? A download is different from a listen. You know, if you download it, fine. Great. Thank you. Are you listening to it? No idea. 
are you writing in? No. So whatever. Yeah. I, I decided in 2019, we're going to be honest about our mental health. Uh, I think mental health is just as important as physical health. Um, but you know, we don't talk about it as much as we should. Um, especially in this society where we just, you know, and I hate, I hate saying it. I hate saying this word, you know, where we just call people crazy. We call them crazy and we just dismiss them. That's when shit gets real. You know, people aren't just crazy, you know, in a lot of ways, if I didn't have depression, I wouldn't have... I think I have a lot of gifts that have resulted from this. So I feel like uh, my writing is better. I feel like my performances are better. Um, I feel like I have more empathy because I suffer from this. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'm just making that up, but who knows? Um, anywho. Yeah. So I went through some dark times recently. I, I'm okay right now, but... um yeah, you know, it, it happens. You just, uh, you go through it sometimes and that's, it's fine. It's fine. I'm going to make it out the other side and it'll be okay. Um, as far as any, anything else going on in my life, um, gosh, uh, (laughs) I know people think that I'm boy crazy. Maybe I am. Do I like men? Yes. I know people think that I don't like men. Um, Oh man, I had a good tweet the other day that I was actually pretty proud of um, where I tweeted that, uh, yeah, so somebody had said on Facebook that they thought I was a professional man hater. And so I tweeted something like, uh, someone told me I was a professional man hater and I just want to clear it up and, and let you guys know I'm not paid for these services and I do it for the love of the game. And that was a good tweet. (laughs) (laughs) And it's true. I do it for the love of the game. I tweet misandry for the love of the game. You know, that's what it's all about. It's for the fans. Okay. Also, there's a lot of bad guys out there. But trust me, I love men. Okay. I'm sexually attracted to men. I date men. I have sex with men. I go on dates with men. (laughs) I get ghosted by men. I get emotionally torn apart by men. Okay? I suffer because of men. And I love them, you know? I can't help it. Um, God, I have a crush on somebody, like, so bad that, like... Have you ever had a crush on somebody, like, where you're, like... You're just like, oh my god. Like, I've never been more attracted to this person... It, that it literally like makes you sick. You're just like, ugh, oh, you're you're you like can't handle how attracted you are to them. Just me. Um, yeah, there's a person in this world who I've I've never been more sexually attracted to anyone else in my life, and I can't even explain it. It's like a magnet, you know. It's it's just like two magnets. He's attracted to me also. Okay, I want to make that clear. I'm not just like living in fucking la-la land over here. How do I know that he's attracted to me? Well, we dated a little bit. You know, we dated. Have we had relations? Yeah, we have. Okay. He's still the most attractive person I've ever. I don't know. I don't even know. I can't even explain it. Anyway. Yeah, so what I'm 
procrastinating on like look at his pictures and I'm like oh yeah give me that um I'm doing fine guys I'm doing fine so yeah anywho I made a mistake I made a mistake asking uh I made a post on Facebook that asked uh what comic does a joke about bruce wayne's superpower basically being mental illness am i making this premise up let me know because if i am i guess i'll be that comic now and some of the responses on this (laughs) and this is the thing okay so like how is bruce wayne bruce wayne is definitely mentally ill right and there is this whole theory that somebody pointed out that um that Bruce possibly his entire life has been in Arkham Asylum and that the orderlies and the doctors are the villains that he's like fighting and like seeing in his mind and hallucinating. I don't think that's true. I just think that Bruce Wayne, like any eccentric billionaire, is not well. And it's obvious in the things that he does. And somebody else commented on this and was like, hack premise at this point and that's not why i was asking i don't care if it's hacky i'm asking who is the comic that does this joke that's all i'm asking so anyhow nobody answered somebody thinks it's it's james adomian another person says Patton oswalt has a premise about how in real life after what he witnessed and with the trust fund, he'd be Gotham's most annoying slam poet. Okay, that's pretty funny. <laughs> he would be a slam poet. I don't know, though. I, I don't know. It, are all Have all slam poets experienced extreme tragedy in their uh, young life? I don't know. Um, but Bruce Wayne is just interesting to me because, well, you know, he doesn't have any superpowers and he just spends his time like helping people by beating up villains and he's usually like really good looking but like it's just funny like when he like changes his voice to be batman and well of course this is a hack premise but everybody it's ridiculous when he becomes batman and he's like oh i'm batman you know and that's like the whole thing to like cover it up But anywho, I was thinking about this because I was thinking about who the best movie Batmans are. And hands down, and boy, I'm going to get a lot of flack for this. Call call TMZ because I'm about to drop a a pop culture bomb. I don't know. (laughs) So my, my favorite Batman personally is Val Kilmer. I mean, listen, don't at me. Actually, do at me because I want to get into this. Okay. Val Kilmer and uh, Batman Forever. That's the only one he ever did. And he was great. Don't talk to me about Christian Bale. I don't want to hear it. Yes, Christian Bale, possibly our greatest actor. Christian Bale is, he's a little touched mentally. Um, remember when he like went off on the, the guy on the set of Terminator or whatever? I forget what the, what exactly the title of the Terminator movie is. Terminator, I don't know what the fuck it was. I never saw it. But anyhow, he like, he like went off on somebody who was making a sound during a scene. 
And he was right, honestly. But, like, people, like, really dragged him for that. And I don't think it's fair. And if you saw Vice, which um, I did, and I didn't think it was very good. I think I think if you, if you think Vice was as good as The Big Short, you're wrong. You're just plain wrong. Part of the reason why I think Vice wasn't very good was because um, Christian Bale, like, he totally, like, just disappeared into Dick Cheney. He totally was Dick Cheney. None of the other actors did that. Um, Sam Rockwell, who played George W. Bush, he was okay. Did he disappear and become George W. Bush? No. No, he did not. It was very distracting. Even uh, What's-Her-Face is Lynn Cheney. Amy Adams? Not good. Um... That's not what I wanted to talk about. Was Christian Bale a decent Batman? Yeah. Whatever. He's fine. Probably the most mentally ill edition of Batman we've had in the movies, making it possibly the most accurate Batman. I mean, Bruce Wayne is crazy when you think about it. Like, why does he spend all his time doing this? Like, if Bruce Wayne existed in real life, he wouldn't be doing this. He'd be fucking mistresses that's all he'd be doing speaking of fucking see that's a segue that's what we call a segue in the business cardi b cardi b is in the news and honestly (laughs) i don't know what to think about this so i guess she like said in an old ig video that she uh when she was stripping she used to drug men and rob them um as a method of survival, obviously. Um, I don't have a problem with this. <laughs> but people are trying to say that she's like Bill Cosby. and Or they're like, they're tweeting out the hashtag surviving Cardi B to mirror uh, surviving R. Kelly. Let me just say one thing. R. Kelly and Bill Cosby are rapists. Okay, they raped, they systematically raped uh women well in R. Kelly's case, uh teenage girls. Okay. So and Cardi was um these men, I guess, you know, they thought they would just like get to fuck her or whatever. Wishful thinking. Um God, she's such a bad bitch. Like honestly, could you imagine like having the balls to do that? To drug a grown man you know, in a, in a motel room or something and rob him and like, just, just have to deal with that late. Like, what if he comes to find you later? Oh my God. It's wild. I mean, and she said later, she's like, I've always been a street bitch. It's like, yeah, that is, that is like the most street bitch thing you can do. I've never done anything like that. I mean, (laughs) I don't even know if I'm capable of it. Yeah, I mean, everybody could, like, drug somebody. But, like, I would feel like... I would, I'm i so, like... I feel racked with guilt about stuff like that. I could never rob somebody. Anyhow. I'll give her some props for that. Um, I don't think she did anything that bad. You know, because, like, guys who, like, think that you're just gonna, like, fuck for whatever reason, they're wrong. You know, like when you go on a date with a guy and you don't even like him and he expects that you guys are going to fuck, like he's a fucking asshole. You know, I went on a date like that um, 
last year where this guy like i don't know what he thought he thought like our date was good that's the craziest when like you're on a date where i'm sure this is relatable like when you're on a date and the other person is obviously uh they need to be institutionalized you know and you know you're just trying to get the fuck out of there and (laughs) you know they're like oh this is going so great uh, I want to see you again. You're just like, oh my god! Like, how could they possibly think this is great? Or like, this is on this date in particular. Like, he was he's like, oh my god! Like, you know, we have such good chemistry. Blah blah blah. And I was just like, how does he think this? Like, he's talked about himself like ninety percent of the date. Like, he was just like talking about himself. Um, pretty sure he was coked up. Like when he got there. Um, and he was just like blabbering like so much. And I was just like, what, like, what is going on? Like, I don't find you interesting. I'm not attracted to you. And you literally have nothing to say that's interesting. But you know, I'm not going to say that. Like, I'm just sitting there kind of like smiling and nodding, smiling and nodding. And that's another thing is like people, I don't know, because I think of the way I, because of the way I look, that people think I'm just like, like super like friendly and like nice all the time because I'm like a pretty girl. But like, quite honestly, like, I probably don't like you. <laughs> that sounds wild, but whatever. Maybe it's true. Um, yeah, this guy was sadly very mistaken that you know, I, I totally just did not like him and I didn't want to be around him. And he thought we were going to like hook up. And I was just like, no. Um, the worst part of that date was that he, he made me drive him home after the date. Like I was basically an Uber driver. He treated me like a fucking Uber driver and thought that I wanted to go out with him again. And he was talking and he was like, Oh, can we talk until, uh, 2 30 in the morning and I like I had to record my podcast in the studio at like 10 a.m and I was just like oh my god like please just like let me go and then he was like let's talk till three and like when he keeps saying let's talk he kept what he meant was I'm gonna talk and you're gonna be a fucking hostage you know I was like a captive audience it was so awful I don't wish that guy well he's so bad Oh, I hope he, like, honestly, like, please just disappear into the night and never, never, he never called me again, but then he was, like, all obsessed with, it's hard to explain. Yeah, so he never called me again, but um, then later on, he, like, made some comment saying that he thought I should be getting harassed for a joke I had posted on Facebook. It was so fucking crazy. And then he like unfriended me and I was like, wow, okay. And then I blocked him. He was just like totally like weird and aggressive because he sent me a Facebook friend request probably like four months after we went on a date. And without even, (laughs) it was so bizarre. Like obviously he was like thinking about me and was clearly in some way obsessed with me. And I was just like... I was hoping he had just, like, totally disappeared from my life, but he didn't. He was, like, obsessed with me. Story of my life, folks, guys. You know, people are, they're just obsessed with me. They can't get enough. They can't get enough Heather Maroli. 
That's why I get recognized on the street. People think I make that up. I, I'm not making it up. I've been recognized on the street. I got recognized in Trader Joe's once. I got recognized um, in New York City by a guy who lives in Indiana. Like, I'm not even making this up. I'm, I'm very memorable. It's true. I'm very, me- I'm hard to miss. Like, I'm a, t- I'm a tall woman, you know, with, uh, if I do say so myself, perfect boobs. They're perfect. I mean, like, it doesn't get much better than my boobs. Um, pretty smile. Uh, many TSA agents have complimented me on my smile. Okay. Somebody said the other day that I was pretty. Who was it? Mm, some guy who was looking at my ID. Oh, yeah. A 7-Eleven clerk. <laughs> a 7-Eleven clerk. Because I was buying a can of wine in 7-Eleven because my life was going well. When my life is going well, that's when I like to buy canned wine in 7-Eleven and drink it at an open mic. Um, Yeah. He he looked at my ID. He was like, you have a really pretty smile. I was like, okay. Well, I'm right here IRL, baby. Uh, Tell me to my face and not to my ID. Yeah, so anywho, you know, when you look a certain way, as I said earlier, (laughs) people... I don't know. They just like expect certain behavior from you. And that's just not who I am. Like just because I'm like a pretty uh, young woman doesn't mean I'm not judging you with the fire of a thousand suns behind it. Like I am a misanthrope. On the inside, I am Walter Matthau. I am a grizzled old man um, judging you. I'm just in the wrong body right now, I guess. I don't know. Or whatever lifetime this is in, my soul is just, um, my soul has evolved beyond the the body that it's inside of. So think about that for a minute, folks. Think about that. Look, the next time you see my ass, just think about that. Well, Heather's perfect ass does not match the hundreds of years of wisdom that she carries within her mind. Okay. My soul is full of wisdom. (laughs) My soul and my heart full of wisdom. Okay. So I wanted to talk about a movie that everyone is talking about. Uh, Jordan Peele's Us. Now, folks... The first time I saw this trailer, I was like, wow, gotta see that. After seeing the movie, wow, disappointed. I think I'm the only person who's talking about this. Um, nobody wants to say it, but this movie has problems. <laughs> oh, God. You know, and people are like, oh, don't compare it to Get Out. But guess what? It's the same filmmaker. So, yeah, you can compare it to Get Out because... It's the same writer and director, and they both have horror elements. Um, Yeah, so this movie, without giving too much... Actually, you know what? This is going to have spoiler alerts. So if you you don't want to hear what I'm about to say, because I'm going to talk about some major plot points in the movie and why I have problems with them, turn it off now. Okay, just turn it off. Um, Or not. I don't know. Are you even listening... Um, why is Google Chrome not 
working for me right now. Did I like click on something that fucked up? Anywho, um, yeah. So us is about a family uh, going on a summer vacation trip to uh, I don't know some freaking lake house near Santa Cruz. And uh, so Winston Duke is the dad. Grant, he's good looking. I uh, he was he was in Black Panther last year. Um, and Lupito Nyong'o is um the mother. Uh, and they have two kids. So they're so basically what you need to know is that the mother suffered a traumatic event when she was a kid and she was separated from her parents at the Santa Cruz. Um, I don't even know what you call it. The Santa Cruz Beach, like, fair area. There's, like, a fair going on. And she, like, got separated from her parents. And something freaking traumatic happened to her. You know, story of our lives. Um, and <laughs> so, oh, God. I have to I have to exit some pages on Google Chrome. I, I have so many tabs open. I have, like... I have like 20 tabs open. This is my fault. This is my fault that I have this many tabs open. But anywho, so the problem with the movie I have. So, okay, long story short. So they're they're in the the cabin or whatever. Or beach house. Lake house? Beach house? Lake house? Whatever. I'll never have one. If I, As long as I'm doing stand-up comedy, I'll never have a beach house. So, um... They later on get visited by these like these shadow figures who are it's it's the same actors, but it's you know different versions of them, and they're wearing these red jumpsuits um and what we eventually later learn is that these are like shadow people who live underground. And they have been plotting some type of revenge against the people who live above ground. And the version of Lupita that is the shadow uh, person is named Red. And they're all carrying uh, gold scissors as weapons. And they all wear one glove, uh, like Michael Jackson. In the beginning of the movie, the little girl wins a uh, Michael Jackson thriller t-shirt. Okay? It gets so convoluted. Okay. <laughs> That's why this movie has problems because I really think that Jordan Peele, he, it, there's so much going on in it that the movie just doesn't end up making any sense. So what essentially I believe the movie is about, what the message is about, is supposed to be about privilege, right? Because so we have the underground shadow people who are coming above ground to basically take back um, some type of autonomy or agency from the people who live above ground. Because Red, you know, she's very resentful of um, Adelaide, which is her above ground self. Because Adelaide, you know, had a nice life and, you know, she got married and you know, had two kids, but, like, Red has, like, been living underground and, like, eating rabbits, um, which they they talk about. They talk about how they, like, have to eat, like, raw rabbits. It's just wild. So, um, 
and there's a lot of red symbol imagery so like the jumpsuits are red the 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 shadow people are wearing um what else oh yeah so 11 11 like uh comes into play a lot so like 11 11 appears in the movie but it's referencing a bible verse i guess it's referencing jeremiah 11 11 which is look i'm not a bible person but I'll, I'll, I'll pull up a verse if i have to but i kind of felt like jordan peele was kind of misusing numerology a little bit in this movie um because 11 11 if you see it like on a clock you know like you you may have heard like oh, you're supposed to like make a wish right and um in this movie they treat it more as like an omen of some type and i guess that relates to the jeremiah bible verse um sorry my computer's freezing and i need this tab tab help yeah so i really didn't like the use of the 11 11 uh Okay, so the verse says Jeremiah eleven eleven. If you don't know it outright, it's the one that goes, Therefore, thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will bring evil upon them, which they shall not be able to escape. And though they shall cry unto me, I will not hearken unto them. That's creepy as fuck. I don't like that. Um, <laughs> yeah, so basically that's, you know, the shadow people uh coming above ground they are the evil right um but there is a lot to say about materialism and privilege in this movie because uh there's a family played by uh their name's josh and kitty they're a couple and they're played by um tim heidecker of tim and eric and elizabeth moss of scientology and they're obviously like more wealthy and um when you see them get killed you know, they're getting killed in this, like, this nice, like, what did I say that people get killed? They get killed by the scissors um, in particular. And that's another thing. Somebody said that there's no guns in the movie, and I guess that's on purpose. Like, there's no guns at all. Um, whatever. I, God knows. I, I This movie is, it's a mess. Like, if you, if you actually see this and you think, wow, what a clear cut movie where everything's tight and the script is tight and the symbolism and the motifs and everything works together, it is not. Like, it's honestly, what I, here's what I think happened. I think Jordan Peele was like, okay, this movie is about, uh, privilege. One of my friends floated to me, friend of the podcast, Charles Disney, he believes, that this movie is about the 2016 election. Um, and I kind of could see that with, I guess, the shadow people maybe being like um, the Trumpian type people, like the Trump supporters, you know, they're wearing the red. Uh, they they want to rise up against the wealthy um, or the, you know, it's like the haves versus the have nots, right? Um, because like Red and her family, you know, they're, they're poor. They've been living underground. They don't know anything about the world above them. But like people like Kitty and Josh who are wealthy, you know, like they have all this privilege and the fact that, you know, they get killed so easily by their shadow selves. Um, there's something to say about that because 
Adelaide and her family, they they figure out what's going on and they're able to fight back. Um, but Kitty and Josh, like, they have no chance at all. Like, they, they're killed, like, so quickly. Um, and I guess that sort of symbolizes how maybe their materialism was a crutch. Um, like, they were so, like, wrapped up in, in things and, like, privilege and, like, having privilege that it just, like, backfired on them. Um, like, they were sort of, like, in some sort of, uh, some cloud, you know, above the ground, like some type of like elevated state. Um, yeah, maybe that's what it, I hope that's what he was saying. I have no idea. Um, but let me just say, yeah, this movie is it, it's it's the script is bloated. It's bloated. They could have cut out a lot of stuff. And I felt like the, the big twist at the end, I figured it out within the first like 15 or 20 minutes of the movie. Like I totally figured out the ending. It, it, it It's not difficult to figure out. If you're really watching it and paying attention to everything on, that's on the screen, you'll figure it out right away. Um, which is to say that if Universal wants a movie more confusing than, like, than this or with like a bigger twist or like something more symbolism maybe um they can give me i don't know two million dollars to write a script is that how much you got paid for the script alone i have no idea but that sounds good two million dollars i would have the time and the privilege to write the script for a horror movie but yeah, if I have to guess what what his intent was in making this movie, it's something to do with uh, privilege. You know, I don't know if it's necessarily about the election. I hope not. I'm so tired. Oh my God. Trump needs to go away. I, I can't stand him. Oh, and then um, they do have... The, the music is cool in the movie. They do have... Um, you know that song I got five on it. It's it it that was in the trailer. They they made a very different version of it that has just like um I guess like darker undertones to the notes of the song um is how I would describe it. But um the way they executed the music in the film was really well done. But as far as the movie uh, making any coherent sense, it does not. Um, and it's just, it's too much, you know. Um, Get Out was much more tight. And the ending, like, kind of had an element of silliness to it. Uh, this movie has some silliness in it. Like, there are, like, a lot of funny moments. But um, the overall message at the end of the movie and the, oh, the recurrent symbol of uh, Hands Across America. So basically, by the end of it, um, all of these, like, shadow people, you know, ha- they've, you know, risen up out of the sewers and they've all, like, you know, slaughtered their real selves on Earth. And they're, like, holding hands across America. <laughs> because at the beginning of the movie, Adelaide is watching television and there's, like, a commercial for Hands Across America. Um, and I won't give away the spoiler of how Red comes to know that. Um, but yeah, so Red's Uprising is based on Hands Across America in 1986. So 
I don't know. <laughs> See, there's just like so much going on. There's an ambulance. There's 1111. There's Bible verses. There's there's a homeless guy holding the Jeremiah 1111 sign. There's the Michael Jackson t-shirt, the gloves on one hand, the scissors, the lack of guns. Uh, yeah, oh my God, it's like just wild. Um, it's too much. Um, I was an English major, so nothing went over my head. Trust me. Um yeah, I guess that's it for now. I'll be back next week with a guest. I, I don't know which guest yet. Whoever texts me back first when I text them will be the guest on the podcast. Okay. Um, do I have shows coming up? Yeah. I have some shows. <sighs> anything, anything significant? Um, Roast Battle. Roast Battle with the Comedy Store, April 30th. Me and Deidre Devlin undercard battle you're gonna be there or you're gonna watch it on periscope um shows in europe in june i just booked some stuff in paris and berlin not yeah not trying to brag yeah i'm going to europe again because <laughs> that's that's how you do it baby that's what we call in comedy in the business a callback a callback to europe and that's how we're going to end. Uh, follow me on Twitter and Instagram, Fixed Hair Heather. Subscribe to the podcast. We're on Stitcher. We're on iTunes. We're on the other things. Stitcher is good, though. I don't know. Go on there. Um, SoundCloud. Yeah, we're on all of them. Okay. Uh, yeah, go see us. Right, right into the podcast. Unrulypodcast at gmail.com. Tell me what you think. Was this movie bad? I give it probably five out of ten. I didn't. <laughs> it wasn't that good. He'll he'll make a better movie. It'll be fine. Um. Yeah. I guess that's it. Take care of yourselves. Go to therapy. I keep saying that's it, but it's not. Like I I keep just like finding an excuse to stay on here. Okay. Good night. Oh, 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 oh,